Hey fam, welcome back to Profane Faith. As promised, I wanted to do a series on uh, the fallout of Roe v. Wade. A couple of caveats here as we uh, dive into this. So this is going to be a special series airing um, over the next two weeks. And so this is how it's going to break down. Originally, I was going to just get people's perspectives uh, and make it like, you know, 10, 15 minutes and combine that into one episode. But as I began talking with folks and engaging, I was like, this this conversation deserves a whole conversation. So rather than having you listen to a four hour episode, which I know everyone loves, right? Four hour podcast. I decided let's break this thing up. So we start with one today. We'll have another one on Thursday and then next Monday, rather than offering uh, a, a rather than releasing an episode every two weeks, um, I'm going to release one for this special series uh, weekly. So it's going to be two this week and then two next week. And then we'll be back on our regular schedule. But I really wanted to have some conversations around this uh, topic just because there's a lot to engage with when you think about um just the fallout of what this means for reproductive rights, uh, for just being able to ex access uh, contraception, um, the idea that a notion, uh, well, not even an idea, a notion, this, it's, it's a fact that, for example, period uh, apps can be used in a court against a woman uh, if she's had an abortion. That can be used against her to convict her. Um, so that's, I mean, that's just a lot of shit. So I was like, well, let me bring some folks on that I feel have great perspectives. Now, a lot of invites went out. A lot of people are busy. A lot of folks couldn't fall into the time frame. So just, that's just a caveat. Um, but I'm thankful for those who have, who said yes and had the time. So again, two episodes this week, two episodes next week, um, release one today here on Monday. If you're listening to this in real time, and then there'll be another one. Uh, on Thursday, if you're following the podcast. Um, and so a little bit different format than we're used to. Uh, if this is your first time to Profane Faith, welcome. As always, I always encourage you to go back, listen to some other episodes. We're on any platform that podcasts are out at. Go check us out. There's plenty of other episodes out there with different topics. And my own story is back there as well. <laughs> back way back in episode one. Uh, I think this is going to mark our fifth year coming up here. Um, in August and I'll have a you know hopefully a special episode around that and we'll talk about um, um, just the importance of having POC centered um, religious rhetoric conversations um, in, in podcast form but again we want to get back to uh, the matter and the point of the matter um, of what the fall of Roe v. Wade means and again we're looking at the fallout and so if you're on here especially if you're a hater um, you know, you may be on here just to kind of get some fuel and whatnot. And I always, you know, welcome the haters. You know, if you're that much of a loser, um, if you're that fucked up that you need to, you know, come on here to find some shit. Um, hey, you know, more power to you. You know, hopefully, maybe you, maybe you'll learn something. I doubt it. Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, but uh, at any rate, you know, I know somebody may say, well, are you gonna provide a pro-life perspective dan um and the answer is no i'm not um and i really don't care what you say um because at the end of the day we're dealing with a subject matter that goes way beyond just the notion of killing a baby killing a fetus 
we're dealing with something that's way beyond this this notion of just saying hey i'm pro-life i you know i i you know want the right to live because we all know abortion or or, excuse me foster care services are, are messed up and so many of those on the religious right who claim for you know being pro-life will turn right around and be very much you know gun and military and pro-death penalty um and so it just kind of null and voids that whole conversation and that's not to say for those who say well damn but what about the no you know the idea around um you know having a life and all that i want to get to some of the debates here the debate topics um uh this was posted it's been posted around the web but i kind of wanted to go through each one of these um i don't know this is by at um let me see the name here um at a m amir x odom a m i r x o d o m i don't know who that is (laughs) but they posted some stuff that i was just like okay these are some straw hat arguments and i kind of wanted to go through them one by one before i introduced uh my guest this week uh the first one here is the caption says here's why some people are against abortion quote you can't ban abortion you can only ban safe abortion quote end quote their response to that is there's no such thing as a safe abortion every abortion ends with a human being killed that's the point of an abortion one is not only aborting the pregnancy but also those depending on it and again this is again a straw hat argument we're looking at the components of that because at the end of the day that decision still lies with a woman <laughs> who is having the baby it's and there are all kinds of mitigating factors around that there was an interview this last week on npr about a woman who actually wanted her baby but very far into her pregnancy uh it, she found out that the baby was not going to survive it was going to be born but it was just going to have a horrible life for like the first year maybe it wouldn't even make it to a year um and they were like we probably just need to abort it. and it was going to be dangerous for the mom going into the whole story and uh about you know what happened to her and long story short she ended up getting an abortion but again it would be legal and because it, it wasn't legal in the state that she was at and she had to go to california my point being is is that that's still again this is a very loose leaf argument in regards to that here's the one that people you know say a lot right it's it's not a baby it's a fetus and uh they have you know they you know the, the response there was like that's like saying it's a not a human it's a a boomer a fetus is a stage of human development to have an abortion is to end the life of another human just because a fetus uh cannot vouch for itself does not give us the right to not let it uh, ever be able to if that's the case if that's really how you feel then why aren't there more services out there that protect the life of those people who are in those fucking areas this is again another bullshit uh uh, uh environment where folks who try to come up and say and you know here's the point of life i mean whether you believe life starts at conception life comes out or whatever at the end of the day if that life is just that and they can sustain it then pull that baby out and grow it in some test tube and stuff and then are you going to be able to provide the service services needed for that kid when they enter the world especially as we're looking at population increases food shortages climate change all these things right sex is not going to stop just because roe v wade is gone right um rapes are not going to stop sexual abuse is not going to stop 
And again, I'm not going to get into the argument of where, where does life begin? Because for me, life is really a matter of perspective. Now, do I want to go kill people? No, of course not. Um, but those of you who have been in the military know you signed up for a possibility that you would end up, you know, having to shoot somebody on the other end of that weapon, whatever you were choosing to do uh, in terms of your service in the military. Same thing with police officers. So, no, I don't think buy this idea that all oh, life is important. That goes back to that all life matters bullshit. Um, and that's all it is, right? I saw a great meme on 4th of July that said all countries matter. If that's the case, then all countries matter, right? All 9-11s matter. We should be uh, in mourning uh, with those in uh, Palestine as well. You know, people who got bombed and shit. All right, next one. Uh, I'm pro-life, but I don't want to restrict anyone else from having an abortion. This is the one that, that cracked me up. This person says this essentially equates to saying I'm personally against slavery, but I wouldn't stop anybody else from owning slaves. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's one thing to be empathetic and another to turn a blind eye to something you find fundamentally unethical. Couple things here. Yes, you may find it fundamentally unethical, um, but we're talking slavery and abortion are two different things. Are there ethical issues at stake? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, some of these same people who are claiming pro-life would also love to see my black ass back in enslaved behind there. And this is these are conversations that people have been saying for a long time that blacks would be better off under the auspice of white leadership. OK, and there's passively that that shit gets passively, you know, happening in works. Look at, you know, look at Christian organizations and shit, man. They don't allow a lot of us as, as people of color to have positions of power, to have positions of authority. And if they do, it's for a short time. OK, that's the first part of this, this whole thing about slavery. Like, come on, man, that's straw hat argument. You're comparing apples and oranges. Slavery was looking at actual people who were out and about <laughs> and living that were stolen from a land. Here we're talking about choices that women have to make about their body and about how it's going to affect them. That is their decision. Okay. Another argument says my body, my choice. Well, it's not your body that people are concerned about. They are, they're concerned about the baby's body inside of you. You don't ask a pregnant woman, how's, how's your body? You ask, how are you? How's the baby doing? My body, my choice is similar to a parent saying my house, my rules. Yes, what goes on in your house should be up to you, but that doesn't uh, entail killing your kids. <sighs> OK, people, um, because at the end of the day, I do stand for my body, my choice, even if I don't agree with it. And that includes people who decided not to mask. Right. But those same people who come back and look at this and think, oh, no, no, no. It's the same motherfuckers that always want to use Old Testament scriptures to abuse and kill and all that shit, except when, you know, it comes to something that that benefits them. And then they're like, oh, no, Jesus established a new covenant. We don't worship that anymore. Oh, no, this is Jesus established a new life. This is a new way. Right. Again, when you're talking about this, it is. The reality of it is because there's another one that goes on to talk about, um, you know, some things just don't add up in regards to if someone kills a pregnant woman, they'd be charged um, with a double homicide. Not always. And if you look at the stats, particularly among black women, OK, black women are at the low end of that. 
Okay, there's oftentimes, and especially we don't, we can't even count the amount of times that black women who were raped uh, and and were killed, who were who were uh, already pregnant, that you know that they never had their time in court. But the reality of it is, is that oftentimes a lot of black women and women, you know, who are just POC women in general, are overlooked, and and uh, that person who killed them doesn't necessarily get charged for that, or if they get charged at all. Okay. Some people I've seen court cases where people have said, ah, well, you know, the baby was kind of going to be sick anyway. And so we really can't do that. Ah, no, the guy didn't know there was two babies in the zoo. It's kind of unfair to charge him for two. So no, not necessarily. And again, the reality of it is, is that <laughs> for me, at least personally, I just share my own personal beliefs until that baby's out and able to do shit. <laughs> God damn it, you're under the auspices. Now I get it. Once it's out and, and whatnot and, and able to breathe and live on its own and shit, I mean, I get that that's a different story. Until that happens, my money is still on the woman. She gets to decide. She's the mothership. She's the mothership. <laughs> She's the one who decides uh, what goes on and what and, and, and how those things get dealt with. Again, another loosely, loose leaf argument. And then the last one here says men shouldn't be making decisions about women's bodies. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if a man, uh, men can be women and women can be men, doesn't that make all of our opinions equal? If the answer is no, are you confirming that men and women are different? Oh, Jesus. And this gets into all kind of shit around LGBTQ um, and aspects of of that as well right uh the problem with this argument right here um is that one coming at it from a different angle this is a a form of um in debate a kind of a a, a form of oh, what's the, the terminology i'm looking for it's almost like a smoke and mirror type of of argument here it's like well you know if men can go over there well, yeah absolutely they can go and do that but at the end of the day men still can't carry a baby okay yes there are differences biological differences uh between the sexes okay uh and we're and when folks say hey i want to be a woman this we're talking more about gender and how we look at aspects of gender sexual identity aspects of gender identity components of cultural identity and then you got folks who say i'm just non-binary all together <laughs> okay uh, and I'm fine with that. That's their choice. Again, you're hearing two different things. This argument sounds like, oh my gosh, of course, I need to wisen up. Of course, yeah. No, men shouldn't because the majority of people who have come down on this, especially when you look at the history later on in the series, so stay tuned. We're going to talk about the history of abortion. If you look at the history of abortion, it has everything to do with power and control from men to women has nothing to do with this actual aspect of right to life um and this notion of of being being able to you know to, to save a baby no it is about a man controlling shit and usually the religious right now meanwhile they're all fucking and doing all kinds of crazy shit right okay we know about that the religious right is always coming up with stuff and i always say look the more a person is against something, the more they probably have components of that. I saw this one dude on Twitter the other day, his pastor talking about how he wanted to kill all, you know, gay people and stuff. And I'm appalled, but I'm just like, I bet this motherfucker right here love him some dick. I bet he do. I bet he do. I bet he like black dick too. Um, and <laughs> the reality of it is, is that oftentimes that really does come out in that and you hate yourself so much. 
hint hint i do think paul had some tendencies of same-sex attraction as well um and that shit comes out man and you you know it comes out in a weird fucked up way um so no this argument here men should be making absolutely men should be making decisions about women's bodies um the the choice belongs with a woman period um and so this is part of why i just have not really wanted to entertain quote unquote the other side um and there are certain things that i will not entertain um in components with that like i'm not going to entertain a neo-nazi's perspective i'm not i will understand and empathize with somebody who says i don't agree with something i don't i don't agree with the law but roe v wade falling has been long in the making and if you're short-sighted enough to only see that this has been about life for a kid you've got a lot more homework to be doing absolutely straight up um well let's hop into our guest here um my first guest up uh is jessica you know her as the queen of heathens i love the work she's done i'm gonna put her link in the uh show notes of the show that she just did a few weeks back she came on talked about her story talked about what she does um and i wanted to get her perspective started off with a bang uh because she's been in the thick of some of these conversations uh as well and i also run some of these arguments by her and she's able to kind of nuance them even better uh than i on that so enjoy this conversation uh and enjoy this series uh as we're kind of expanding and seeing just the fallout of roe v wade check it out indeed well um thanks for coming back on uh what was your uh reaction to roe v wade even though i know most of us knew it was coming it for at least for me it felt like uh, a punch in the gut yeah um so certainly with the leak i think it was inevitable that it was going to happen um and it's not surprising at all to me because i grew up evangelical and this has been their goal the entire time and um, this is what they've always wanted and so when it was handed down I don't even know exactly how I felt it felt like a punch in the gut it also felt numb a little bit and um, I was fortunate that I was at a conference when it was handed down and it was an atheist conference with a bunch of my friends and like people that really care about women, you know, Yeah. Uh, at least most of them, I think. But uh, so that took the edge off just a little bit because I was distracted. But it, it feels really scary. Um, and it's really infuriating, one, to have my bodily autonomy constantly up for debate and legislation. And two, because this ruling is going to cause so much unnecessary death and it's being touted as this like win for life. And in reality, it's going to cause a lot of death mm -hmm. um, because in many places, they've the trigger laws that have gone into place um, also 
they ban all abortions, including ectopic pregnancies or um, if you've miscarried and you need to get it out of your body. They're like, so they're going to, an ectopic pregnancy is not viable in any way. All it's going to do is kill the mom. That's it. It will just kill the mother. That's all. Um, And I mean, sorry, I know I jumped right in because you asked how I felt. This is how I feel. Yo, please. Yes. Um, I mean, I just saw this article come out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, about a 10-year-old girl that was raped and she became pregnant and she could not get an abortion in her home state. So she Mm -hmm. had to travel to Indiana to get an abortion. Um, And I just saw someone on Twitter post and say, of course, this is terrible and horrible, but who are we to question what God is doing? God has a plan for all of this. If your God has a plan for a 10-year-old girl to get raped and then you have to carry that baby to term, which will kill her, then there's a problem with that God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just this absolute lack of, I am by no means an expert in science, but it's a complete lack of understanding of how the human body works. Uh, of how science works, of what some of these things mean. Like if you really think a 10-year-old girl can carry a baby to term and birth that baby without probably killing her, and if not killing her, completely destroying her body, I I don't know what to say. Like you need to get back into like a remedial biology class or something. (laughs) So, okay. This is so. This is so. This is interesting. So I'm. I, 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 there's a few things that popped up, and in, in in regards to pro-life arguments, and you're right. I mean, I think there's a history behind this. I don't think I know there's a history behind this, and I even remember the the Seinfeld episode uh, just because I watched Seinfeld because I think it's funny. Uh, but it, it, there was that Seinfeld episode where Elaine was dating this one guy. And it was it was the, the episode wasn't necessarily on pro-life, pro-choice, but that was a big part of it that she was like, oh, don't go to these restaurants because they, you know, they donate a lot of money to these, you know, anti-abortion, pro-life type people. And of course, Jerry was egging her on, was like, well, what about the guy you're dating and stuff? And one of the things that he said was like, someday we're going to get enough people in that, you know, in that court to overturn that law. And people laughed and everything like that. And that was, you know, well over 25 years ago. But um, here we are in 2022. (laughs) And that was the case. Um, How do you see, because I know you're in a state that is, that is trying to do some, some, some preventative work to, to help that. So am I, thankfully, at least for now, Um, we have a gubernatorial election runoff, whatever this November. So if, if, the Democratic candidate holds will be good. But if not, I mean, the GOP yeah. candidate is very clear that he is pro-life and will ban everything. So, you know, it'll just be a a, a Midwest trio out here. So yeah. how I, what are some of the things? So one of the arguments is that and again, I, I just looking at one of these things, they say um, and I'll post this in the show notes because I want people to kind of read this there. They're talking about how you need to cite the facts with pro-choicers about how life starts at conception rather than 
life coming out of the womb is that. And so they're, you know, they're going through a whole bunch of different uh, quote unquote science about how a kid is this and they have fingers and they have a brain. One of the biggest arguments, right, is that, you know, you have a child in you and they can't make a decision. How have you engaged discussions with that? Because I know you've heard it. Just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you that can't see me, I just gave everyone the finger. No, um, <laughs> that's, that's not how I engage. Um, to be honest, I found most, like most people when they, or most pro-life people when they post these, I don't know, site or like fact sheets or memes really is usually what they are. They're not even scientifically correct. Um, and so it, it, it's hard to engage when people aren't even smart enough to, to like fact check themselves. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, most people that are pro-life that are arguing this hard are Christians, right? And even their own Bible says life begins when you take your first breath. Right. So, and obviously if you have a nine month old child in your womb, uh, that child is viable outside of the womb, but nobody, nobody is getting a, an abortion in the ninth month unless it's a threat to their life. Right. And most of the time, if you're getting a quote unquote abortion at nine months, you can, the baby is, can live outside of you. Um, and I, you know, I'm not a doctor, um, but this is what I've said, and they really hate it. Uh, if if this child is alive, if this child is, then take it out of me and let it live. Right. Okay. Otherwise, it's I'm keeping it alive. Um, and the the other thing is is that they argue about you know life begins at conception, and if you really think that that clump of cells inside of me is a viable human being. Like, I don't even know how to engage with that because the reason they think that that's a viable human being is because they, they believe that God, you know, knits you together in your mother's womb and has a plan for you and yada, yada, yada. So as soon as those, you know, the egg and the sperm come together, God has this life for this individual. And it's really hard to talk to people that think that like, it's really hard to talk to people that think that because they're basing everything off of something totally non-falsifiable. They're saying like, well, God does this. And it's like, okay. it's just, yeah, it's, it's one of my least favorite arguments. I usually leave that kind of stuff to like scientists or doctors or nurses or whatever, or people that actually have the background to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This is actually when a life becomes sentient or like, this is when this actually happens. Um, but really, when most folks post that stuff, it's not even factually correct. And that is often something I don't even waste my time engaging in um, because you're arguing with someone that doesn't care about the truth. And if they don't care about the truth, then where is this argument going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting, too, that, you know, I've, you know, I've been running a series on God is not love and looking at different facets of, you know, theological paradigms of of God from different you know perspectives. And I think but the one that keeps coming back to me is when people say, well, God is pro-life. And I'm just like, well, 
I don't know because if we look at the 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 breakdown the of things, right, right. If you look at the Bible, just just in Genesis alone, this cat was killing all kind of motherfuckers, like just left yeah. and right, and like I mean, ruthlessly. Like, yeah, I. I this is something that drives me nutty about evangelicals. Um, and I actually just did a, a interview with Dr. Josh, who has a chapter in his new book um, about divine violence, basically, and um, evangelical morality, because they write off all of this violence using these really terrible apologetic arguments. But it, it drives me insane to hear Christians say that God is pro-life. Um because exactly what you said, I mean, we have, I mean, you can just look at the flood, for instance, uh, which is you know, the first time. Right. And then we have tons of times that he basically commands genocide and tells them kill all women, children, cattle. Like, what did that sheep do to you? How could that sheep be sinful? Um, and so, like, I don't understand this rhetoric, uh, even though I used to engage in it because I was a Christian. Like God is very clearly not pro-life. Like I don't, I don't even know how someone can say that with a straight face. Right. Um, but like what they're saying is we're pro-forced birth, and so is God apparently. Um, but in reality, God's not pro-life. They're not pro-life. The only thing that they're pro is like I said, birth. But then after that, they're like, fuck them kids. Like, we're <laughs> not right. going to help. Right. We're not going to get you. But they voted against like the formula, the help with the formula shortage. Oh my God. They want to yes. like cut back on like social services. Um, and if you talk to single mothers, so many of them have these stories where these same people that are saying that they're pro-life were telling them, you know, basically that they had a bastard kid or they're a slut or they're a whore. Or they should have, you know, wait until they got married or they're less than in some way. And I'm not using these words. I'm not like using them to be, um, for shock value. Like these yeah. are the actual words that they said they were called. Right? right. Right. Um, and there's no help for single mothers. I mean, how is a single mom supposed to work and pay for her kids daycare? Y'all know how expensive daycare is? Goddamn like, I mean, you probably do, but like, it's so <laughs> wildly expensive. It's almost as much as people make their whole paycheck in a month. Right, right. So you the don't racket. want to help with childcare. You don't want to help with um, medical expenses. Uh, you don't want to give kids free lunch. You just want kids to pray in school, but no free lunches. Um, you don't want to help them with housing costs. You don't help them with anything. You just want to make sure that that woman gives birth and then basically woman and child can go fuck themselves. And <laughs> even more right. so, if that's a child of color and a woman of color, they hear far less um, because at least if it's a white baby, they think well, we could adopt it in their like made up la la land of a brain where they're never going to actually adopt. It's this thing where they're like, yeah, we, we could adopt that kid. Like, all right, well, then why don't you go pick out one of the kids in foster care? There's like 450,000 of them. <laughs> it's just, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and that, I think that's what uh, continually, I, the irony is not lost. I mean, we just had a primary here in Illinois and one of the ad campaigns for one of the GOP front runners for, I don't know, some some seat in the Senate, um, for the state Senate. Um, she was like, I am 
pro-life, but also pro-guns. And I was like, the irony's not lost. Like, I was like, you got this pro-life on one end, and uh, we're going to, you know, oh, we're going to we're gonna right to life and everything. But then when it comes to the gun debate, okay, about, okay, can we put some restrictions what about the right to stay alive? Right, to stay alive. <laughs> then it's like, oh, up, up, up. No, no, we can't go there. We can't have that conversation. That's the Second Amendment. Don't you tread on me. Don't, uh, that's government infringement there. And so, and then we're not even getting into the conversation about those on the right, particularly who said, I don't want to wear a mask. It's my body. It's my choice. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that's the rage. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're going through a pandemic and we're still going through this pandemic. Right. Uh, and when it came out, it was like, I can't believe the government wants to infringe on my body and making me wear a mask in public. Like, this is tyranny. And then they're like, okay, well, you have to carry a baby for nine months. <laughs> like, no questions there. You don't have a choice in that. And it's like, how do you not see... You know, I, I saw someone post something the other day and it, it it's infuriating, but it's so true. It's that the Christian right in this country, um, and by default, I mean, there are people on the right who are not Christian, but at this point, they're all rallying around this Christian nationalism, whether they are Christian or not. This is the, this is what's winning, quote unquote, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they think that they have a divine directive from God. Therefore, they think that they should be able to tell other people what to do, but nobody should be able to tell them what to do. That's that's the long and the short of it. So we have the moral high ground here. God wants to do this. Therefore, we can tell everybody else how they're supposed to behave. But because we are the ones that are right, we have the you know true divine directive. None of you can tell us anything. We don't want to be told what to do. You don't have the right or the standing to tell us what to do. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so true. I mean, you see these like evangelical nutsos like Sean Foyt, who went around doing these like praise and worship open air concerts in the height of the pandemic, saying things like faith over fear, like, God, get fucked. <laughs> like, he's sorry. I'm so over it. Like, I'm just so over it. No, I know. Um, uh, yes. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And then it's like. So y'all are for bodily autonomy when it suits you because you don't want to wear a piece of fabric over your face. But this pregnancy, this thing that affects women in so many deep and profound ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, I mean, the, the structure of your body physically changes when you get pregnant and give birth, right? Like it's not something that's casual. Uh, and then you have a life that you're now responsible for. And like, that is not tyrannical, but a mask is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Cool. That's what I found so ironic about that. I mean, you're talking, to, again, going back to the argument of pro-life, it's like, well, the pandemic is killing people, but then you get people in it all, oh, the pandemic isn't real, and all those numbers are being inflated by hospitals. There's those, you know, we've had more people die by the flu than they have of COVID, and, you know, and so it goes on, yada, 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 yada. And, and, but it's like this continual, this is my body, I have a choice to do that. And at the end of the day, 
I'm a hard pro-choicer. So I'm just like, hey, I'm going to keep wearing a mask if I need to wear a mask. Um, that's what you decide to do. I think it's dumb. I think it's ironic. But I would support that even because I am a pro-choice person. That being said, how have you navigated? Um, and I don't know. It, it, one of the things that came up, I, I, I like your uh, your tweet here. This is, um, I think you did this one. Oh, this is, oh man, 46 minutes ago. This just came out. This is, who are you to, you, 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 you quote tweeted, uh, who are you to question God when he ordains a 10-year-old child who won't survive pregnancy and childbirth? is raped and impregnated. Your God sounds like a nightmare. And this is to Andrea. I don't even know who Andrea Butner is. Who, who is that? Oh, 12 followers. Joined May 2022. Sounds uh, bodish. <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, so yes, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because there was, there's that quote from the, I forget what is it, the Kentucky governor or Oklahoma governor oh, that's, that people were asking him like straight up, like, Hey, like what, you know, what if this has happened and it has happened? Like, would you support this? Like, you know, somebody who was impregnated by, you know, who was raped, you know, that by their, their father or their uncle, you know, would you support that baby? you know, coming to full term, like, oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. You know, I think God has a plan. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, they, but they have to do that, right? They have to. And I think the more that we have, that we make them own that shit, the better. Because if you are going to stand up in front of a crowd of people and say like, yes, if a 10 year old gets raped by her father and she gets pregnant, she should have to carry that baby to term. The more people are going to realize what a psychopath you are. Now, the people that are already on your side, fine. But the people that are not or even in the middle, like, I'm sorry, that's my dog. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> um, like you are, these people are saying some of the most vile shit. Um, and I think that we need to make them own that. Like, you you defend that because you're not going to catch me dead defending, first of all, incest and rape. And then second of all, having to carry that baby to term, which will ultimately probably kill this child. No, you can defend that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, I mean, what do you think this decision... I mean, I think about the ramifications of this being overturned we've got clarence thomas now of course calling for a review of <laughs> i love it um a review of of course gay rights oh sorry i thought i muted it while she was doing that oh it's all good no it's all good it's all good we're very animal uh, friendly up in here so i, I get she's that. a 13 year old bulldog so she has some issues Yes, it's, it's so does so does my Chester. He's not down here now, but he does. He usually has to cough up half a lung uh, at some point during the day. Um, but yeah, you have the you have the the bigger ramifications of what this decision means. Clarence Thomas put out in his essay, now infamous essay, about how he wants to go after like gay rights, contraception. You got other senators talking about well, now let's look at Bro Brown versus education. Um. What's this impact mean? What 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 is some what is some broader politically, socially, theologically, God. religiously as you're thinking about this West Coast? 
Yeah. The best codes. I want to say first, Clarence Thomas is a real piece of work considering his wife was part of the insurrection. Um, <laughs> right. And also his wife is white in case he had forgotten. Right. So like if we go far enough back, he's going to invalidate his own marriage. But hey, whatever. Who's counting, right? Um, yeah, who's counting? <laughs> Maybe he, this is his really long, damaging way of trying to get a divorce. Um, so when... The ruling, or when the the document was leaked, or the ruling was leaked, I guess, I immediately started telling people, like, this is really, really dangerous, not just because of abortion and women, because it's the 14th Amendment. That's, that's the not the main problem, but that's something that I think a lot of people missed, right? Was mm-hmm. It wasn't just we're overturning Roe, and that doesn't affect anything else. That's not how the law works. Um, I am not an attorney. I live with an attorney. Uh, but Roe was part of legal precedent, and it was decided using earlier legal precedent of the 14th Amendment. And there are cases that came after that used Roe as a precedent for them being decided, right? And that's like contraception, um, same-sex relationships, uh, et cetera. So when we got that leaked decision, and there was a whole paragraph by Alito saying, you know, this is, we're only going to go after this one. We're not going to go after X, Y, Z cases. Uh, immediately red flags went off in my brain because you don't write a paragraph about what you're not going to do um, if you're actually not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so I started raising the alarm to anybody that would listen. They're going to break this precedent and it's going to allow them to go after all these other cases. And not only that, this right to privacy, it's not just going to affect women and the you know, decision to have an abortion between them and their doctor. The right to privacy affects anyone and everyone. And once this falls, it makes uh, it makes it a lot easier for the government to be able to violate that right. And and I, so I said it, like, they're going to go after all of these cases. And I actually got a couple of messages after after um, well, the decision came down. And then we saw Clarence Thomas's essay. And people said, oh, my God, you were right. Like, I don't relish being right in these situations. <laughs> but, like, that's they don't just go after one thing to go after one thing, especially not when you have an activist court sitting on the bench. Um there's a reason they went after Roe and it's so one, so they can get rid of it, but then two, so they can go after all of these other cases because now they can go after same sex marriage. They can make contraception really hard to get. Um, and that's just, it's incredibly dangerous for so many reasons. Uh, and I think that's something that's getting overlooked right now, um, is that the court has agreed to take up a case, um, in the next session, I guess. And, it has to do effectively with the state not having to give its electoral votes um, to whoever won the popular vote there. Um, and there's more to it. There's a lot of details and nuance. That's basically just the overarching like red flag alert. I don't remember the name of the case, but there's a reason they're going to take that up, right? It's <laughs> it was declared unconstitutional, and now they're taking it up, and. It's really scary because we already know that they wanted to overturn the last election. And I feel like we're watching our democracy die Mm -hmm. and nobody 
it's like we're watching it and we just can't believe it would happen here. Right. And so nobody's doing anything because they think somehow we're all going to, you know, the democratic norms and processes are all going to somehow morph their magic. Right. But it hasn't worked for a very long time. And right. we've been had a Congress and a Senate that's just a disaster um, and completely ineffective for the most part. <clears throat> we have an activist bench where we have six justices who do not represent the majority of the people or what they want. Um and we have a president who effectively either chooses not to or can't do much. Right. So <laughs> I don't pretend to be an expert on the government, but like none of this seems like it's heading towards uh, something good. Right. It feels like we're watching a judicial coup happen in real time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's really uplifting stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I it's 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 interesting because I feel for a long time I'll speak from an academic perspective, a lot of people have been sounding the alarm. And I when I mean long time, I mean like 30 years, 30, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, I think about early writings of Bell Hooks, uh Cornell yeah. West, pr particularly prior to him becoming this popular enigma. Like I always have students go back. Well, this is really in my graduate level courses because students, they, it's because his old stuff is like fire, right? It's like, oh my right, god, yeah, this yeah. this cat was on C-SPAN, right? And he yeah. wore more than one black suit, right? He, he actually wore a brown suit at, at one point what? in time and stuff. So, like, but but right, but there's there's been a long time sounding like this thing. There's there's some major things. The wheels are 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 falling off the bus. There's there's one lug nut left on this tire and it's about to fall off. And so we're at that, we're at that point now I feel, and I'm not sure what else, you know, in terms of that to do. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on a lot of different levels in regards um, to that. Um, that's what I was going to ask right now. My, my, my last question was, how, what are you doing right now to survive and live? <laughs> um, that's a great question. The silence should be probably the answer. Yeah, I'm uh, with you on that. Honestly, I wish I had a good answer. I try to focus on things that I feel like I can have an impact on. So I try and use my platform to to talk about this stuff. Um, I don't. I certainly don't know the plan or how to fix it. But there are much smarter people than I out there who at least have some thoughts on how we can make it better or try to make it better. And so I try to point to them. Um, for me personally, honestly, the last the last couple of weeks have been a bit of a, a whirlwind. So I was at a conference last weekend, uh, traveled Wednesday through Monday, and then got home, immediately went back to work, trying to work and like figure out what the hell the Supreme Court is doing with all of these terrible rulings coming down. Um, and then this weekend hit, and I just put on my sweats and was like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I will be in the house all weekend. Um, and right now that's what I'm doing to take care of myself is just letting, just resting and not yeah. demanding anything of myself. Um, I forget who said it, uh, rest is revolutionary. Yeah. And I think especially living in this capitalist hellscape that wants to, that wants to basically dispossess us of everything that we have except for our labor power and then wants to exploit that labor power and our bodies. Um, in the labor market and also 
for women um, when it comes to reproduction, I think that saying like, I'm going to take a break, I'm going to take a rest, I'm going to recharge um, is its own act of resistance sometimes. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and coming out. Because um, you're, you're right. Always my pleasure. Oh, I, 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 you're my new best friend, and I'm glad we've been able to connect, uh, folks. If you don't follow the Queen of Chaos, Queen of Heathens, at Queen of Heathens on Twitter, you gotta do that. I'll put the link in the show notes on TikTok. It's the Heathen Queen. Ooh, 270 plus thousand followers. Fam, you got to go check these videos out if you want to engage in a very meaningful dialogue. I cannot recommend this enough. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.